Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is there something that you haven't done yet that you want to do? George Clooney. (laughs) Get in line, sis. (laughs) Somebody going to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Hey, it's me, Kelly Ripa, again, back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. So let's turn the cameras off and let's get started. Guys, Jan, Albert, Seth, very um, excited today, vibrating today. This is a big one. This is a big one. It doesn't get bigger. It doesn't get better. Um, We might as well just end the podcast now (laughs) because... This is the creme de la creme, the tippity top. We've reached the top. These are podcast goals. We have reached (laughs) the tippity top. Today we will be joined by comedy legend Carol Burnett. Woohoo! Wowza. So, you know, in the 23 years I've worked at the talk show, Lola has asked to come to work with me exactly twice. (laughs) Once to meet Justin Bieber (laughs) and once to meet Carol Burnett. Wow. And... Initially, Lola only knew Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan from the Annie right. movie. That oh my was gosh, her right. whole frame of reference was Miss Hannigan. I mean, a genius in that movie. G- genius, genius. And then I opened her world to the Carol Burnett show. And then she was like, wait, Mama is on Carol Burnett? Like she didn't really understand. Isn't that amazing? You know, I often treat my daughter like this extension of myself. Like somehow she saw all of the cultural references that I grew up with. But she has since, you know, daily will send me TikTok videos of Carol Burnett fan pages of her interacting with her audience, which I shared with you guys. Yeah. But she's so comfortably herself. Yeah. And I wonder like... In this day and age, would that even be possible? Would would a Carol Burnett be possible? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like to think that if somebody steps up to the plate, eventually there'll be another yeah. Carol Burnett. But I, I just don't know that television lends itself to that anymore. Right. I don't know that the creatives... I mean, it sounds like they tried their best to stop her from what I yeah. have read, but mm. we'll get into that when we get her on the line. But... You know, what do you, what do you think? I think she was the best kind of TV. And, and the fact that they did it as if it was live. I mean, we're live. We do the show live. But they they would leave all the mess-ups in. They would leave all the times that they started giggling in. And it's like you want to watch that because you want to see them break up. It was, it was so fun to watch. I grew up watching that show. I mean, we usually shoot our show live. But when we sometimes just do it live to tape, it's like – we sanitize all the mistakes. And to me, right. the mistakes are always the gold. That's yeah. the best part of and our I show. And I also think families showed up to that show. It was like, this is when we get together to watch this show. Imagine DVRs back then. This would have been that show that everyone watched live. Because she was like, this had to happen. You were you were getting together to watch that show. We. It's the first time I remember watching my mom 
laugh so hard that she was crying <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant exactly. I was like, is everything okay? Is my mom okay? But she's laughing, but tears are coming down her face. Right. And I didn't really understand what that all meant. And it would become the first time of many that I watched my entire family dissolve into fits of laughter <laughs> that were also accompanied by tears because she's such a genius. A genius. Yeah, she's ready. She's ready? She's ready. She's on the line? She's, she's on ready? the line. I'm suddenly so nervous. Okay, so let's just get right into it, okay? She's an actress, a singer, a writer, a comedic genius, a trailblazer for women, and for all comedy. I think she is the benchmark that set the standard, really. Her groundbreaking comedy variety show, The Carol Burnett Show, brought the gift of laughter into every home in America, including mine, especially mine. <laughs> so without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Carol Burnett. Hi, sweetheart. How are you, Kelly? Carol, it's so great to talk to you. I feel so lucky that we're talking to you right now. It's right around your birthday's coming up, right? Yes, on the 26th. Is it a milestone birthday? Oh, it certainly is. It's a big <laughs> nine zero. Is that true? Of course. Would I lie about that? I don't know. I just think of you as eternally from the Carol Burnett show. Oh, well, that, that's lovely. <laughs> I, I was telling Jan and Albert, my two producers that are sitting here with me, before you signed on, that my daughter, Lola, uh, has only come to live where I work to meet two celebrities in her life. Over the 23 years I've hosted that show, she's come to meet Justin Bieber and she's come to meet you. The only two Oh my people. gosh. Oh, I didn't know that. I remember meeting her. Oh, she is adorable. She is so lovely. Well, she has turned me on to this, you know, I don't really understand TikToks, but there's these numerous TikTok accounts that are fan pages devoted to you interacting oh with your audience during the Carol Burnett show. Oh, I love that. Well, that was actually, uh, you know, we called it Q&A questions and answers. And um, before we were going to start the show, the executive producer said to me, you know, uh, most shows, when they're taping in front of an audience, they have a comic come out before you're going to shoot just to warm up the audience and get them in the mood and all of that. And he said, Carol, I don't think we should have a comic come out and warm up the audience. I think you should do it. And I said, oh, my, are you kidding me? No way. I can't tell a joke. And I still can't to save my life. <laughs> he said, no, no, it's important for the audience to get to know you as you before we get into all those crazy costumes and the wigs and the blackout teeth and yeah. all of those characters. And so just do questions and answers. And I said, I, I'd be nervous if I didn't have a good answer. Or I'd be scared somebody wouldn't raise their hand and ask anything. And uh, he said, well, we'll put some plants in the audience, you know, and have people uh, ask you questions that you'll be, you'll know about. And I said, you know what? No, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it honestly. And, you know, if I can't answer a question, then that, that shows that we're being honest. And if I have egg on my face, so be it. So I remember the first time I went out to do it and I, I was really scared, uh, it went okay, and then we aired it, and then 
we aired the next two or three weeks. And by then, the studio audiences that came in, maybe they had seen the show. So they were ready to ask questions and everything. And after a while, I just started to love doing it. You know, I never knew what was going to happen and what the question would be. It was all random. And some of the things we have are just absolutely priceless. It really is gold. There are so many people that come back from your past, guys that you went to high school with or little girls Mm -hmm. that say, your ex-boyfriend is my neighbor. And just to see it wash over you, the memory of... Uh, These people coming back is kind of amazing. And I was showing Albert and Jan this one clip that especially uh, made us laugh is a woman named Mrs. Miller who wants – Yes, you know Mrs. (laughs) Miller, right, of course. And Mrs. Miller wants a seat closer to the front row. And (laughs) it's the ease with which you interact with your audience. Well, there was (laughs) another one where uh, a woman who – was dressed, she looked a lot like B. Arthur when B. did Maud. Yes, of course. And she stood up and she said, uh, I want to sing. I want to come sing. <laughs> so I thought, okay. So she comes up on stage and she's fearless, totally fearless. I asked her what her name was and I'll never forget. It was uh, McCann, her, Terry McCann. Yeah. And I said, what do you want to sing? And she, without missing a beat, she turned and looked at the orchestra and said, you made me love you in the key of G. <laughs> I mean, as she started to sing and wail away, you know, you made me love you. And, oh, and then I decided I would join her because I knew the song. So now we're doing a duet and we're belting. You know, it's really going where the band is, you know, they knew the song. And we get to where we're going to end the song. And in my mind, I had a different way that I would end it from the way she wanted to end it. So after all this belting and everything, it kind of like started to peter out. And there was this moment of silence. And she looked at me and she said, you screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that again, that was gold. So we showed that. And uh, years ago, uh, maybe three or four years ago, I got a, a word that she had passed away at age 100, and that they showed that clip at her service. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, it was such fun. But it's the enduring quality and the connection that you have. I I remember, you know, Regis taught me this, like connect with your audience. But I Mm -hmm. think that you taught us both that, to connect with the audience, you know, like we didn't have interactions where we got to interact with our audience that much live on the air because our show is very much about interacting with each other. But during the commercial breaks, we also didn't have an audience warmer. So we would be the audience warmers and we would interact with the audience. Um, You know, people will come up to me on the street and pull up their phone and say, I was in your audience 20 years ago, and look, you were pregnant. And I have to think that after all of your, what is it, seven decades that you've been in show business? Yep. Uh So it's got to be that times 100 for you, you know, people just walking up and reminding you of where you met them. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true, yeah. And I love it. How did the show get started? Because it can't have been easy in that day and age. I just, I don't 
imagine it was an easy road. Well, actually, Kelly, it was. I had a contract with CBS, an amazing contract that I signed uh, in 1960-something for 10 years. And then there was a a clause that I said that within the last five years of that 10 years, if I wanted to do an hour-long variety show, all I had to do was push the button and CBS would have to put it on for 30 shows. Wow. And, like, yeah, I mean, I I had quite an agent. But those contracts don't, that's like the first and only of its kind, I'm assuming. (laughs) I don't think there was one before, and there certainly hasn't been one since. And my reaction at first was, oh, I don't think I could ever host a variety show. But then comes the last five years of the contract, and it was the last week of the 10th year. Uh, My husband and I looked at each other, and we said, you know, Maybe we should push that button because we were settling down in Beverly Hills. We had made a down payment on a house. Yeah, of course. And we said, at least we'd get 30 shows, you know. Yeah. And I remember I made the call. It was uh, the last week of that year, and uh, I got a hold of one of the vice presidents at CBS. And he said, oh, Merry Christmas. How are you doing? And I said, I'm calling to push that button. And he said, what button? <laughs> and I said he didn't remember and I said you know where I get to do 30 uh, one hour variety he said oh well uh, let me get back to you so sure he got tons of lawyers out of Christmas parties that you know yeah. he called the next day and he said yes I, I see that Carol. but you know what comedy variety is a man's game uh-huh. and uh-huh. he said you know it's Sid Caesar it's Milton Berle it's Dean Martin now and, and Jackie Gleason. It's not for you gals. He said, well, we've got this great sitcom we could have you do called Here's Agnes. Can you picture it? <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> and I said, I don't want to be Agnes every week. I want to yeah. be different people. Yeah. I want to have music. I want to have guest stars. I want to have a rep company like Sid Caesar had on your show of shows. And on and on and on. And they had to put us on the air. Incredible. They had to. And that was how it happened. If I hadn't had that contract, I would be talking to you today about this, you know? You have that rare, uh, the beauty and the comedy chops and the talent, but you also had a business acumen. You have a lot of chutzpah, you know? (laughs) That I did. And, uh, but that was about it because uh, my husband at the time, uh, produced the show. He he actually produced the Gary Moore show when I was first on that a hundred years ago, and so he took over. It was like he was my Desi, yeah. Like Lucy had Desi, yeah. Joe was was that for me, and so that I could just uh, relax and come in and do my thing without having to deal with uh, the business part of it. That's, you know, that was his job. It's such a good match, too, when you have somebody that really understands the fundamentals of how that works. Exactly. You know, and we had great writers. We had great comedy writers. And we had great special material. Music. I mean, music was a big part of our show. Yeah. And because my first love was musical comedy. So we had to have a lot of music. We had a 28-piece orchestra, which is unheard of today. Incredible. I wonder what that show, 
Do you ever think like what that show would cost to oh, produce God. today? I have no idea, but they wouldn't do it. Yeah. They would not do it. I remember, uh, I forget who had a variety, tried a variety show a few years ago, and I think they might have had a seven-piece band with synthesizers. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's no excitement mm-hmm. there at all. And uh, no, our show today would be astronomical. Carol, I recently petitioned to get two-ply toilet tissue at the studio where I work, and it's not going well. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) That's how how bad it's gotten. (laughs) You know, you had such a great ensemble cast that you put together. Oh, we did. Did you have a favorite partner in crime? Did you have a favorite sketch? Oh, gosh. That's, That's hard, Kelly. Uh, I mean, even though it said it's the Carol Burnett show, I wanted it to be a rep company. Mm-hmm. In other words, I I wanted Harvey to shine. I wanted Vicky to shine. I wanted yeah. Tim and Lyle to score. Because, yeah. I mean, I found myself supporting Harvey or Tim in a sketch. And then uh, Vicky and they would support me and back forth. So it was a true rep company. And I think that's what made our show as good as it was, was that we, we had fun and we, we shared the laughs, you know. And I loved, there were so many sketches. Of course, the iconic Gone with the Wind was brilliantly written by two of our writers. Uh, and it was 25 minutes long. Uh, that's just, unbelievable. Well, we did a lot of sketches, like when we did the movie takeoffs. Mildred Pierce, African Queen, yes, you know, uh, Double Indemnity. Those would run maybe 15, 20 minutes. Because I, I was raised by my grandmother, and when we could save up our pennies, we would go to the movies. So the movies really kind of spoke to me as a young kid. So I remembered coming home and acting out the movies with my best girlfriend, you know. And to be able then to do it with costumes and lighting and music and all was a thrill. And I remember too, you know, growing up and going to the movies and watching Betty Grable and Rita Hayworth. Of course. Bing Crosby. And then, oh my gosh, they were guests on my show. I was just going to ask you, because I know you, you, you certainly did not grow up um, rich or middle class or anything like that. It was like depression era, right? We were poor. Poor. Let me yes. just put I it was I we was trying poor. to put it delicately. You were poor. <laughs> we and, were poor. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm think I'm picturing you and I'm getting emotional thinking about you, Carol Burnett, going to the movies, saving your pennies, being raised by your grandma, and you're in the movie theater, and then flash forward, you work your butt off. You pay your dues, you get this show made, you've got your orchestra, your ensemble cast, Bob Mackey's making your costumes, and suddenly movie stars are guests on your show. Is is there a moment, or was it every time that you flashed back, that you pinched yourself, that you that you thought of your grandma and thought, oh my gosh, can you imagine this is happening? Yes. Every time, you know, when, when they would show up for the first reading, it was I, I was kind of tongue-tied. I reverted to, <laughs> went back to being 8, 9, 10 years old, you know, looking at Betty Grable and looking at 
being crossy, my gosh, you know, be able to not only be in a sketch with him, but to sing, sing with Bing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what a thrill, you know, and I I used to say if my grandmother was alive, it would have killed her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know what I'm buying my mom, friends, for Mother's Day. Fiori joggers. Jana's obsessed. My stylist, Audrey, is obsessed. So I know they're a sure hit. And if any one of my family or friends are listening to this podcast, hint, hint, these would be a great gift for me. They're designed with their dream knit stretch fabric, which I love because they're so ridiculously comfortable, but yet look so good. By the way, they're not just for women. I'm ordering them right now for Mark because Father's Day is right around the corner. No matter how you stay active, running, swimming, yoga, or just running weekend errands, Viore is for you. Viore is offering Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripper listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash off camera. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash off camera. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash off camera and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Melojo, my production company, is such a small business. So when we hire someone, it makes a huge impact. And Albert, I know you wear so many hats over there, you might not have the time or the resources to hire, but LinkedIn changes all of that. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. So, Albert, the next time we're hiring, if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. We got Roz. So we know it works. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash off camera. That's linkedin.com slash off camera to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Look, I know you know that I know that you know how busy we all get. Ollie can help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four years and up. And the new Ollie Brainy Chews support healthy brain function with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In reading sort of your backstory, there were two times that strangers gave you money or provided for your education. Can you tell me about that? Well, uh, after I I was at Hollywood High and I was going to graduate, and I wanted, desperately, I wanted to go to UCLA a mm-hmm. college. And my grandmother said, well, we can't afford that. You should go to a Woodbury Secretarial School or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, so you right. can become a secretary, you know. Right. And I said, I don't want to be a secretary. I want to go to UCLA. And I wanted to actually major in journalism. I was the um, editor of my high school paper. 
And my mother wrote a lot, and she said, you know, you should go into journalism and be a writer and so forth. And, and I figured I could go to UCLA. Well, guess, just just guess right now. Tell me, what do you think the tuition was in 1951? I, I can only I can only guess by today's standards, Carol. So I'll say I don't know. For out, you were in state, <laughs> out of state, it's like seventy five thousand dollars. So um, back then, okay, Jan just 2000? said two thousand dollars, forty three dollars. Wow. No. Yeah, wow. yeah. It was at I don't know how they did it because USC was expensive. But UCLA right. was not. But we didn't have that kind of money. Right. Our rent was $30 a month. And I remember my grandmother used to say, oh, can you believe it's a dollar a day to live in this room? <laughs> 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 she, she lived in the pull-down Murphy bed, and I slept on the couch. Yeah. And But there was something in me. I knew I was going to get to go. I didn't know how, but I could see myself on campus. And so our room in the uh, apartment building where we live faced the lobby, and it faced the desk where the manager uh, was, and then it had a little pigeonhole mailboxes. And every morning I would look out, and I could see if we had a letter in our slot. And this one morning there was, and I had my robe on, and I went across the lobby, and I came back into the room, and it was an envelope that had my name typed and that was it. And I opened it up and out came a $50 bill. No. Now Wait, to this day, who was I it don't from? know. You don't, don't know? know? Nope. Never found out. Have no idea. Because anybody in our neighborhood didn't have that kind of money. Nobody in my family had that kind of money. I don't know where it was, but there it was. And you never found out? Never, never. There was no note. There was nothing to tell me who that might have been. And there are people that I knew in the neighborhood, if they had done it, they would have said, we're going to lend you the money. We're going to give you the money, kid. Uh But no, I have no idea. So I got to go to UCLA. So you went to UCLA. You got your tuition covered. Uh Uh-huh. And I wanted to major in journalism. But I looked through the catalog, and there was no journalism major. You, I could join the Daily Bruin newspaper and take a course, a class in journalism, but there was no major. So I was leafing through the catalog, and they had a thing called Theater Arts English, which would provide writing courses like playwriting. And I thought, well, that could be interesting. So I, I thought, well, okay, I'll major in Theater Arts English, not knowing at the time that if you were a theater arts major, whether it was film, design, theater arts English, as a freshman, you had to take an acting course. Uh-huh. And <laughs> an acting course, a sewing, a costume, scenery. So I had to do this acting course, and I picked something that was kind of light, you know, because some of the other kids were doing really heavy, dramatic stuff. And I picked something kind of light just to you know, make it easier for me. And they laughed. I thought, I like this feeling. So, uh, boom, the bug bit. And that was it. I I decided I wanted to be an actress. 
It's really interesting that you say that. We've had a lot of comedic actors on our show, on the talk show throughout the years, and they all say the same thing. It all goes back to school. And it all goes back to the first time they got a laugh, whether it's telling a joke in class or being (laughs) on stage. And sometimes they were in dramatic plays, but they did something that the audience found funny. And they got that laugh and it was like almost like an addiction. It is. Yeah. It is. And then, because I was kind of a nerd in high school, I was quiet. I was a good student, but there was nothing. Even I didn't know I could do what I did. I had no idea. It it just kind of happened when I was 18. Did your grandma know? Like, did she think, well, you've always been funny or you've, like, did you make? No. No. No, no. And so then I was on campus and after I did this scene, some kids uh, older than my, I was a freshman, some seniors came up and asked me to be in some one acts that they had written and I did that. And then uh, another one said, can you carry a tune? And I said, yeah, because my mother and grandmother and I used to sing in the kitchen. And uh, Mama would play the ukulele. And, but I never belted or anything. And, but, uh, so I got into the musical comedy workshop and realized that, uh, yeah, I kind of liked to sing. So that happened as an accident. Like, guess what? Thank God UCLA didn't have a journalism major program. <laughs> I know. I, I wouldn't be talking to you today. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, we're all so grateful. What's the second time a stranger gave you money? I was doing the, the, the musical comedy workshop, uh-huh. and there were nine of us in the class. And the professor, we, we were going to do um, our finals. Uh, we would do scenes from musical comedies. And he and his wife were uh, going to be at a party in San Diego uh, this one Saturday night. And he said, I tell you what, you kids come down and you'll be the entertainment at the party. And uh, I'll grade you then instead of just doing the scenes for him in school. Uh-huh. So, wow. You know, so we all went down. It was a black tie affair. Very nice. And I did a scene from Annie Get Your Gun. And then I went over to the, when I was finished, I went to the hors d'oeuvre table and I'm, I have a napkin out and I'm putting hors d'oeuvres in my napkin to put in my purse to take home to my grandmother. <laughs> and, and there's a tap on my shoulder and I turned around, I thought, oh my God, I'm busted, you know. Right. And, uh, and this man and his wife were there and he said, I liked what you did. What do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, someday I, I would love to go to New York and be in musical comedy. And he said, well, why aren't you there now? And I said, well, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping to save up, you know, that someday I can go. And he said, I'll lend you the money. Oh. And I thought, uh-oh, the champagne's talking, you know. Right. And his wife said, no, he means it. He means it. And he said, here's my card. Be down in my office a week from Monday. And I, I wow, okay. So a week from that Monday, I went down there to his office. He had this huge office. He was a businessman. And um, it was like nine o'clock in the morning and I went into his office and he said, okay, um, I'm going to lend you a thousand dollars. Now, when I say we couldn't afford $43, you know, for the tuition, 
I, it, it would be like getting a hundred thousand dollars today. I mean, that's how. You know. Yeah. And he said the stipulations are: you must never reveal my name. You pay it back in five years, no interest if you're successful. You must use the money to go to New York, and if you are successful, you must help other people out oh. that you believe in. And uh, that was it. And so that was my ticket to New York. And I remember I went home and showed my grandmother all this money, and she was she almost fainted. You yeah. know, and so oh, look what we can do with all of this. And I said, Nanny, I have to use it to go to New York. And uh, she was not thrilled with that. Right. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's how I got to New York. And were you able to pay him back? I was. That was 1954, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. By 1959, I was already in Once Upon a Mattress, and I was doing the Gary Moore show. Wow. So I I waited, because I could have paid him back a little bit earlier, but I wanted to make it exactly five years to the day. You know what? I I like the way you wait till the last day of the contract. (laughs) I think it's, you know, I think it's a really strong plan. I really do. You're making me rethink my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And and you've never revealed his name still? No, no. I did write him a couple of times when I was going to be on the Ed Sullivan show or another show or something. Never heard from him. Nothing. Mm. But it's interesting. When I was doing my variety show, it was about the third year, I got a call in the office from his wife. And she said, we... We're so happy for your success. Would you and your husband like to come down to San Diego to the marina there and have lunch with us one day? And Yes, of course. So we drove down. We had lunch. She was very sweet and quiet, kind of. She she was kind of a chatty Kathy and lovely. Uh-huh. And on the way back to our cars, I was walking with her, and she said, you know, for some reason, if ever... Your name might have come up in a conversation or if somebody had seen something that you'd done on television and talked about it to us, he never, ever said a word Wow! about it's, what he had done for me. Well, first of all, they don't make them like you two anymore because I would have <laughs> well, spilled. I would have been like, you know, and do you know who gave me that money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he evidently, what she said that he got, somebody staked him to a claim when he was young. Mm. and gave him a break. And I wasn't the only one. She said that she helped some young man start a restaurant. Mm. It wasn't just show business. So he was a silent a silent do-gooder. He didn't need to. Exactly. He didn't need the PR. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's how that happened. It's rare. It's really rare. Albert, I know you're too busy to be frizzy. So grab Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I'm loving it because it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching my bone dry hair with intense hydration. And during the summer, that's something we could all use. You'll also be way obsessed with Way's bestsellers like I am. My new favorite is their scalp and body scrub. It's a blend of sugar and coconut oil that cleanses, exfoliates, and moisturizes all at once on your scalp 
and your skin. I'm also really into their wave spray for the summer. It's a weightless, salt-free mist that gives you that just out of the ocean and my hair dried perfectly look. You know, like that look that is so unattainable. It doesn't make my hair crunchy at all, and it's super easy to use. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code off camera for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code off camera. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So tell me about your... You've got this uh, lifelong friendship with... I, I'm going to call her Dame Julie Andrews. You probably <laughs> just call her Julie. Um, chum. She's my chum. She's your chum. Yeah. How did you two become friends? Well, she was a guest on uh, the Gary Moore show, but first there was a an agent and a manager that uh, I knew who knew Julie, and he also knew the executive producer of uh, the Gary Moore show, and they said, I you know, you, you two girls have to meet. And, you know, that's the first sign of, oh, gosh, no. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> but um, she was doing Camelot, and I was I was doubling. I was doing Once Upon a Mattress off-Broadway, which was an off-Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a, a weekly Gary Moore show. But so she came with her manager uh, to see me on a matinee of uh, Once Upon a Mattress. And we went to a Chinese restaurant afterwards and those poor men didn't stand a chance julie and i never stopped talking yeah <laughs> we just it, it was like we've known each other forever and uh that so that's um 1961 <laughs> we've that's known a, each other that's an enduring the, friendship yeah tell me and then there's a she was a guest on the gary moore show and we did a number together where the audience in the studio, television audience, stood up and gave us a standing ovation. Wow. I've never seen that for a taping, you know. Wow. Then. Yeah. And uh, so the idea was born that we should do a special together. And we did in 1962. We did uh, Julie Carroll at Carnegie Hall. And 10 years later, we did one at Lincoln Center. Then 10 years after that, we did one in Hollywood at the Pantages Theater. Oh, and wow. of course, she we did this recent taping uh, just last week for my ninetieth, and uh, Julie came out, and we were together, and she sat with me, and uh, so the ninetieth uh, show it's going to be on my birthday, actually, uh, April twenty sixth. Yeah, at eight. P- By the way, let's tell the listeners it's going to be on uh, Wednesday, April twenty sixth at 8 p.m. Right. on NBC, and it's also going right. to stream on Peacock. We just want right. to get that out there, <laughs> make sure the <laughs> listeners know. <laughs> but it, was, it, it was a thrill, but it's not a birthday party, and it's not a roast. It's a variety show. It's entertainment. We have a lot of clips, of course, but it's not just the Burnett show. 
it's early days, very early days when I was on Ed Sullivan and the Gary Moore show. Also the movies that I've made, the television specials, and of course the variety show. And then the latest things that I did was Better Call Saul and another mm-hmm. one called Palm Royale with Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. Laura Dern and Allison Janney. And we have live entertainment. We have Katy Perry coming out. Oh, wow. We have Bernadette Peters, Kristen Chenna with Billy Porter, Jane Lynch, Cher. It's amazing. What a lineup. Carol, do you know offhand, because I'm sure you'll win an Emmy for this special, but well, do you know? You know. No, I, I mean, it's it's a done deal. Come on. <laughs> do you know roughly how many Emmy awards you've won over the years? Uh, well, actually, yes. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I say no, it sounds like I don't care. No, if no, I no, no. Yes, I'm just, sounds- no, I'm just, I'm actually just asking you out of curiosity. No, 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 six. Six, but our show uh, won twenty five. Wow, twenty five! Wow, wow! That's and yeah. do you keep them like in a special place in your office? Or well, I have an office. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have an office, and so they're on a shelf. You know, yeah. and I dust them every day and give them a kiss. <laughs> yes, good. It's good to talk yeah. to your Emmys. It's you. I mean, right. you've but you've won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yeah, the Mark yeah. Twain Prize for American Humor, the Golden Globe. I mean, you've won everything. Why am I telling you this? You already know. <laughs> I'm just reiterating, but it's it's like, to me, there needs to be more. There should be many more. Like, there needs to be some Grammys, some Tonys, some Academy Awards. Every oh, award that could be given. Well, I did awards. get a Grammy. I, oh, I yeah. did get a Grammy. Oh. Yes, for the, uh, I, it was actually for the spoken word because I read one of my books. Oh. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I got, I got a Grammy. So I was thrilled about that. We should have had Carol read my book. <laughs> yes. I could have won a Grammy. <laughs> we were not thinking. I, she'd was, win the Grammy for yeah, me. Yes, she'd win the Grammy. But still, I would be Grammy adjacent. <laughs> when you think back, is there something that you haven't done yet that you want to do? George Clooney. <laughs> Get in line, sis. <laughs> That's an I, excellent just, answer. <laughs> I've I've been asked that, and I give that answer, and it always gets a, a nice laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, because guess what? It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, I've uh, I, I feel very fortunate. Uh, we just, as I said, did this recent Apple TV series uh, called Palm Royale, yeah. and it's about Palm Beach society in the 70s, mm. and I have a very good role in it, and it looks like they may go, f- there were 10 episodes, and it looks like they may pick up a second season, so if Incredible. they have, I'll be working again, yeah. That reminds me. Let me just tell you a quick story. You probably, I, I don't know if you'll remember this, it was my first year at the daytime Emmys, and it, the daytime Emmys at the time were still on during the day, during the daytime, uh-huh. okay? It hadn't become like a yeah. primetime event. And Susan Lucci was nominated for like her maybe ninth or 10th Emmy. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, and it went on like another decade after that, waiting for Susan I to know. win the Emmy. Do you remember the speech you gave? 
it was like, basically what you said was you went on and on about every year how you know uh, Erica was up against Vicky, but you knew this was Erica Kane's year because Vicky. In Eterna, that was a stupid storyline. You basically went through all of the other characters' storylines, right? And then you would end with how, and lo and behold, this person won, or that person won, or this person won. And then you said, and then it dawned on me, Susan, maybe you're not very good. And it was... (laughs) I remember. (laughs) I remember. It was the funniest... (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Yeah. She's on the 90th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I yeah. can't I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's I'm really really looking forward to it. In closing, I just, you know, I can't thank you enough on behalf of all of our families, on behalf of young me. You've had so much more influence on me in my life than you could possibly ever know. And oh, and to honey, watch to watch you have an influence on my daughter, who's 21, who listens really to no one. But she watches those videos of you interacting with people, and I believe it has had a profound impact on her. Learning how to treat people when you are at your busiest, at your most glamorous, at your work day. I just can't thank you enough for everything you've given us. And we celebrate your 90th birthday with you. And don't forget to tune into Carol Burnett, 90 Years of Laughter and Love. It's a two-hour special, which airs, of course, on your birthday Wednesday night, April 26th at 8 p.m. And we'll stream the next day on Peacock. And we really, really appreciate you giving us the time, Carol. Thank you, sweetheart. And I send you, uh, give Mark my best. And of course, give Lola a big hug. I sure will. All my love. Thank Carol you. Burnett, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. I love you. Thanks. Thank you. I don't think that I will ever recover from talking to Carol Burnett, whom I've met many times, by the way. And it doesn't ever get old. And I feel like I blather on to her about how much she means to me. But then I watch everybody else blather on to her about how much she means to them. And I've got to tell you, it's got to be exhausting (laughs) to manage all of everybody's hopes and dreams all the time. But But, didn't you picture her like, you know, that chaise lounge that you have that laid on the chaise with the corded phone? (laughs) I do, yes. talking to you like in heaven with one of her best friends. Yeah, like maybe she's got a pencil in her hand because she's just like written out a to-do list Uh, or like maybe she's written me into Palm Royale. Oh my God. Call Brian Lord at CAA and get Kelly on Palm Royale for season two. I think you need to call your agents and get the kind of contract she had going on. Oh, please. I mean, mean, like I said, when I get two-ply toilet tissue, then we can talk about my my power. Oh, I don't think it gets any better. It doesn't get any better. So that's... Sorry for all the people that are coming on next. So that's our final episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. dropped. Don't forget, we're a new show in a sea of podcasts, but we're the one that has Carol Burnett as a guest. Okay. Let's Talk Off Camera is available every week on all major podcasts, listening platforms. Can't wait to talk off camera with y'all next week. Bye-bye.
Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Nick Ribola. From PRX Productions, our team is Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nidolsky, Edwin Ochoa, Rebecca Seidel. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher.